bad. I'm sure it was fine. It works. Yeah. Everything's great. So good. Welcome, everybody. It's E for Effort. It is E for Effort, in case you couldn't tell by our super smooth opening. (laughs) This is America's favorite podcast I read the other day. Basically, the internet said it, and the internet is never wrong. And it might have been me that said it on the internet, but either way, I believe it. Still said it. And that's Alex. That's Kristen. Yeah, it is. And you're listening to E for Effort. And if you want to continue this conversation, because it's going so well so far, you can interact with us on social media. You sure uh, can. At so your Effort Pod is really all you need to know. On Twitter, yeah. on Facebook, on Instagram, mainly Instagram. Or you can email us at eforeffortpodcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com. You know what? We don't get enough emails. I would love more emails. Someone just asked me today if we get, um, like, fan mail or if people ever, like, actually interact with us. And then also, what's the other question? Oh, if we shout out listeners. Yeah, if like, you're a listener and you email us or tell us, we will definitely shout you out. I was basically like, just Ivy. Because Ivy's Cause awesome. <laughs> Ivy is the only listener that's reached out to us. So she gets a shout out every episode we can. Hi, Ivy. What's up? Hope Houston is great. She's in Houston, right? Oh, my gosh. Ivy, I'm in Houston now, too. We'll totes hang. Love it. Because I moved back, in case you couldn't tell, which is why we are um, transitioning into a new form of our podcast experience. And it has just been going great. I actually kind of like it because it forces Alex and I to hang out. It's true. We have like a weekly checkup or check in, rather. Yeah. Maddie was like, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, I have a phone date with Kristen. He was like, yeah, cool. Have fun with that. Well, and if you follow us on social, get ready because this weekend... Kristen's heading back to Chi-Town. It's gonna be a jam-packed Best Friend Weekend. Best Friend Weekend, gonna be May. We are gonna post so many stories on our Instagram. Yeah, you're gonna hate us more than you already do. Get it's gonna pumped. be lit. And we're still not gonna care because we're still <laughs> gonna keep doing this. Because this is our livelihood. Because we can't stop. Ooh, and we won't stop. Ooh, I feel like right? that song is so underrated. I I really feel like Miley Cyrus's whole musical like experience is like underrated, but at the same time, vastly overrated. I still put that song on playlists. I'll be totally honest. It's a good. It's a good song. So is Wrecking Ball. Wrecking Ball is a good song. I will. I will stand by it. Wrecking Ball is a great song. Speaking of great things, it's almost Halloween. This is our super spooky episode. Spooky. That's going to sound so good in post. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know how to do any kind of tricks. If you listen to this podcast, you're very aware that I, Kristen, edit this thing. And I literally have to Google every time I edit, how do you make a podcast sound better? (laughs) Um, So so we will never have sound effects or anything cool. If you want any of that, honestly... We're going to have to start making money on this thing and hire someone because my small brain can't do it. And our friends are like, hey, sorry, we don't we can't do everything for you for free. (laughs) We're like, we already do enough for you for work. We can't do for you for free outside of work. And we're like, fair. And they're right. They can't. We listen. I don't tell you, man, like we can only do so. This is literally the name of the podcast is E for Effort. All I can do is give you my effort. 
Maybe it's my minimal effort. I don't know. I don't make the rules. Okay? But we're trying our best. We are. And it's our Halloween episode. We're releasing this on Halloween. And we need to talk about all the spooky, scary things that Alex and I both love. We do love spooky, scary things. Um, what? Okay, let's just segue now. What are you going to talk about today? What is your spooky, scary thing that you're going to share with all of America? And Vietnam, apparently. Okay. Oh, I know. We have, like, two listeners in Vietnam. What up? We have five listeners in Canada. What up? Hey, Canada. My dad goes there all the time for work, and he absolutely loves it. I hear that Um, people are lovely. You really are. Good for you. And that Justin Trudeau. Tell us all about your lives. He does. He seems like a very nice, nice young man. He seems like a very nice young man. Nailed it. Um, Killed it. Okay, so my spook... I feel like I should turn off the lights. My spooky, scary... Well, wait, is your spooky scary, too? It's a long story. Oh, my God. Like, it be kind spooky of. Scary. I specifically told Alex that we had two things to do today. We had to do spooky, scary topics, and we had to talk about Haunting of Hill House. Ooh. Well, Did do you, you want to start with the Haunting of Hill House? A hundred... I have so many feelings. First of all, what episode are you on? Five. I'm on five, too. Did you finish five? Or no. did you stop at five? No, I just started five. Oh, my so, God. Five okay. destroyed me emotionally. Can and I also tell you? me. Okay, yeah. so that's what I was... That's okay, wait. Like, pa- pause. Pause, 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 pause. Spoiler alert. We're going to talk about episodes one through five of Hill House, Haunting of Hill House. If you haven't seen it, um, stop this here and fast forward probably, like, I don't know, ten, like five minutes or so. Right. We'll, we'll tell you when we're not talking about Hill House anymore, but, like, just don't at us. We for spoiling need, we're, that. We're best friends. We need to talk about this thing that's in both of our lives. Okay. Also, sorry. sorry Shadow decided right now to drink water right next to the microphone, and I should move it. I'm not going to. He's almost done. That's all I got. I wouldn't that's- worry about it. It's fine. If the listeners at this point are not used to shadow noises, like, I don't have to tell you, like... He's a thirsty puppy, you know? In, in, in... In Shadow's defense, the last episode, my bracelet was clinking the entire time, and it drove me absolutely crazy, and I could not figure out how to edit it out, because I'm not good at that, so it's fine. Sorry we're, that you have again, to Shadow clink. We're doing our best. Effort. That's all it is. Okay. okay, so back to Hill House. Okay, so my biggest takeaway from the show is, as scary as it is, I find it to be very sad, too. It's so so sad. It's actually so sad that it's not scary. I read a description of it. Someone said it's kind of like This Is Us meets like Poltergeist. And I feel like that's yeah. actually really accurate. Yeah. It's, I really, you know what I really appreciate about it is at least once per episode, I am genuinely like freaked out. Definitely. But Absolutely the story true. and the characters are so good. Like, it is it is really a drama with scary elements. Okay, who's your favorite character? I like Theo. Yes, same. I like Theo a lot. And I'm I like her because she's the most, like, I think truly, like, you know how there's the um, chaotic evil, chaotic neutral, chaotic good true evil, true neutral, true good. You know that, like, chart? Yes. She really, I feel like, is, like, a true neutral. I think you're totally right. Like, I feel like Steven is, like, 
the evil side. He and then, um, I feel like um, what's the uh, Nell is chaotic good. Um, I feel like uh, the brother, the heroin addict brother, Luke, is like chaotic neutral to chaotic evil. And then I feel like um, the other sister is like some the other good like it's like they're very they're all on the sp- that like that spectrum I honestly I can't think of it and I should have just pulled it up but I feel like Nell is just like the middle piece like just true neutral like Theo which again. is yeah Theo which is really important in this show because all the characters are so insane and I mean they you really need are. someone to just kind of be a ground in the show I totally and agree I love that actress I think she's amazing I loved her in Hush um, yeah, I didn't realize that she was the actress from Hush. Kristen pointed that out to me. Yeah, and also she is just insanely beautiful. Like, oh my she god, just, seriously! Like, looking at her is like watching a piece of art and uh, alive. Like she is just so beautiful, and she is so interesting to watch. Um, and that character is so interesting, and I just love it. I love her, and her her little episode was. Amazing. It was so good. Okay, is it in her episode or is it in Luke's episode where she lowers him in the dumbwaiter into the basement? I think that's her episode. Okay, either way, I screamed out oh. loud during that episode. That's what like, I'm saying, though, but that was the only part of that episode that was scary. But that, but the parts that are scary <laughs> are terrifying. They like, are very I was, upsetting. I mean, I was watching it late at night. I had my pumpkin going. It was in pitch dark outside of the stupid pumpkin. Shadow's laying next to me. He's snoring. And I screamed so loudly. I woke probably my whole building up. I definitely woke Shadow up. That yeah. monster or ghost. What? What was well, that? that? This show is really good at like it doesn't just you can never tell if it's actually going to scare you or not. Like, it goes kind of back and forth between sometimes something that you think is going to scare you doesn't end up scaring you. Or, like, there's no, like, ghost or jump. And then sometimes when you're not expecting it, there's a ghost. So it's, like, it's very... It keeps you on your toes. Um, Like, as as that monster is... Or not monster. The ghost is following Luke, the man in the hat. Yeah. Oh, every time I was like, this is going to be terrifying. Matt was one of those moments where it like it kept you on the edge of your seat and it no, kept when you he was like the kid under the bed that 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 scene i had to watch like through my hands there the entire first episode i watched through my hands like i was well, genuinely but the second scared. episode what's her what is her name shirley no. shirley is it yeah her her storyline is not very scary and i wonder if it's because she believes the least out of the group i think that's or, like, probably steven believe the least I think that's probably true. I found hers to just... I feel like she's such a protector for her family. Yeah. So I found hers to be so, like... Um, I I just found hers to be so sad and so interesting. When The way that she becomes a mortician, like... Yeah. That was really yeah. interesting to me and how it started when she was so young oh, with those with kittens. kittens. Oh, gosh. Heartbreaking. But it's well, so and, smart. The well, way and, that they um, do did it. Did all the stuff with the drugs and stuff with... Luke is just like so insanely heartbreaking. Those and kids, he and Nell did not have a chance. Well, you're not even on Nell's episode. You have no idea. Nell's episode is so it's I I, I actually almost cried. It's so upsetting. I will say though, outside of the parents making them live in that house and not believing them, I felt like they were really good parents. The mom believed her though with the whole hand thing. 
The mom believed her. The mo- that, it, it, I, I don't even know if it wasn't that the parents didn't believe. I don't think the parents thought it was like a problem. And I don't think the parents knew what to do either. I feel like as an adult looking at the situation rationally, you buy this All of your house. Money is in the house. Yeah. Right. So what are you going to do? You can't yeah. desert it. So you're yeah. you're kind of stuck there. So Well, and I'm not going to tell you what I talk about this week yet, but one of the aspects of what I talk about is the idea that kids are just more susceptible to things on the other side. So when you're a parent, it's not that you don't believe your kids, it's that naturally your kids see stuff that you're not seeing, you know, because they are more their minds are less bogged down with reality. Also, though, I think that they're just more open in general because yeah. what what was really weird to me was um, the child, the little boy um, that had lost his grandma that was in the funeral home with Shirley. Mm-hmm. And he kept talking about how his grandma would come and visit him. I had those same dreams when I was a kid. Yeah. My, right after I lost my grandma, she would come and she would she would visit me. I wasn't ever scared by it because um, it was always very comforting to me. I was older. Yeah. I was an older kid. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was very jarring well, it, to me because I was like, wait, I experienced like, that. My uncle, he has a very vivid memory of going to the bathroom at like two in the morning and seeing like St. Michael, like Jeez. in the bath, like, yeah. And so it totally depends on what your belief system is. Like you were manifesting and thinking about your grandma. He, as a Catholic, manifests thinking about the saints and, you know, you do your prayers right. before you go to bed. And so you kind of manifest whatever it is that you want to see. But I think, um, I think the difference in what that little boy was experiencing and what the kids were, I think that there is a very, and I, my, my topic also kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, I think there's a very distinct difference between um, a mental manifestation of your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions and an actual psychic paranormal experience. Right. I think like, that's you true. never actually believed that your grandma, as a ghost, came down to visit you, did you? Uh, once. 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 At, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, the witching hour or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. I woke up and it felt like someone was brushing my hair. Which is something that she used to do. And but that's felt... another thing that that's another thing that ghosts and demons do, though, is they pretend to be your. So maybe I was just being visited by some horrendous demon that was trying to like suck the life out of me. I don't know. Or either it was way, your grandma. It's more comforting to think of it as your grandma. But you're right. Nice. That's it. That oh, Hill House is doing a real. So far, again, we're only on episode five. I think um, it's a masterpiece. I really do. I think it's absolutely amazing. I'm obsessed with it. We cannot recommend it enough. It's not what I'm obsessed with this week. It's what I'm obsessed with, like, for this lifetime, I think. I agree. I just think it's so well done. It is. You know why it's well done is because the one thing that's missing from almost every horror movie is good, like, story character development. All horror movies are worried about is scaring you. And Hill House scares you, but it also intrigues you, and it makes you follow it. Like... Actually, I was talking to our friend Jackie about it because I posted something on our Instagram and she was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed. I was like, me too. I'm like, but I'm like forcing myself to watch it slowly. Like, I don't want to binge it. Like, I really want to like slowly take it in because once it's over, it's over. And I don't know about you, but like, I have to watch it at night. Oh, I'm the same way. I have to watch it at night when it's dark and I'm scared 
The only like, reason totally adds to the ambiance. Agreed. The only reason I didn't finish the series last night was because I started it at like eleven o'clock, and at right. two o'clock I was like, "You have to go to bed and be a functioning human being." But right, because I did after, after four, it's like you're not going to bed. Right after four, it's like all right, it's up. It's time to wake up. Totally. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. So it good. Is if you haven't watched it yet, I mean, just do it. Like it's it is scary. So if you're if you're a person who can't handle horror at all. Medi and DA. Medi and DA, I wouldn't recommend it. But if you're like, oh, you know, I don't love scary things. Like, it's not the scare. In, like, the pie chart of what it's about, it's, like, 20% scary, 80% just a good, well-acted, well-written, well-directed drama. Totally agreed. Do you know who would really hilarious uh, review of it? Um, there's a reporter for Vulture and he, I guess, is very afraid of, like, pretty much everything. Doesn't like yeah. horror movies or anything. So he, his whole, like, premise of his article and review is, like, I'm going to watch this for all the scaredy cats out there so you don't have to. <laughs> and he, like, yeah. ranks it in order of, like, how scary they are and, like, breaks down each episode. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, is it good? So it's Vulture? Oh, it's so funny. I should find the reporter's name. I'll link to it. But by the end of it. Um, well, not to the end of it. I only got to like episode five and he was like, yeah, I immediately, or my takeaway from this is like immediately like regretting this project or like, why did I sign up for this? I think it's so funny. I will say it is a little hard to follow at first, like to figure out who everyone is. Because all the sisters look alike. Look the exact same. They look the exact, you know, it's like that thing where it's like all white people look the same. A hundred percent in this instance, they all, the mom the sister they all they're the same person they all have beautiful dark brown hair flowing brown locks beautiful perfect faces it's i mean they're all beautiful this family hit the jackpot but they all look the same yeah it's pretty amazing it's problematic for character development (laughs) it is very confusing but i mean well you have to watch it once and then you should okay so in my opinion you should watch it once and then you should go through and read the articles that tell you where all the hidden ghosts are because there is seriously a hidden ghost in every episode multiple usually and so you got to go through and find all the hidden ghosts when you rewatch it i can't i can't do it it's very scary okay I'm obsessed Speaking with it. Speaking of spooky things, are you ready for my topic? Um, I don't know. I hope so. I hope it's not the same one you did. It's probably not. It's probably not. Okay. So today, on Halloween, I'm going to talk about the phenomenon of shadow people. Oh. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Okay. So, per usual, I got a lot of information from Wikipedia. Bless them. Mwah. Um, I also got a, information from an article of Week and Weird. It's like an online blog, I guess. I like it. Um, and they did an, uh, an article about shadow people. And I listened to this podcast on shadow people um, called um, Astonishing Legends. It's very interesting. Astonishing Legends is a great podcast if you like paranormal, like spooky stuff, but you want it told to you by two men with very soothing voices and <laughs> very like scientific, legitimate. Like, do you listen to Dan? If you listen to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, it's like imagine if that guy did a podcast about spooky stuff. Like, I love it was it. very like well laid out. It was very precise. 
nice. It was these two guys. They were clearly friends, but they were very professional. Um, it was not last podcast on the left. It was very much like two guys doing a book report on shadow people. Ooh. So without further ado, um, so shadow people, also known as shadow figures, shadow beings, or a black mass, which is terrifying. I will get into it later. Basically, it is exactly what it sounds like. Um, It's the perception of a humanoid shadowy figure, um, usually in your room while you're lying in bed. Um, Terrifying. uh, Great. Pretty pretty scary. Um, Usually they're like watching you, which is also horrifying. Mm -hmm. So these figures can be interpreted in different ways based on who is seeing them. Um, So... Many, many people have reported this phenomenon. Actually, like, a lot of people have reported this phenomenon. And a lot of people have very similar stories. Some people have exactly the same story. Um, But it usually is more like their experience is different. So whatever they've seen is the same as what else. Like, Alex and I might see the same figure, but we've interpreted it differently. They can be. They often are menacing um, or give off an evil vibe. Um, some describe them as, like, neutrals. Um, like, they're just kind of there. Um, some people describe them as being observant, which is horrifying. Yeah, all of this, um, really. So, basically, um, some people even believe that they are extra-dimensional beings from another planet um, or universe. So, some people even think they're aliens. Um, they also kind of tie into the men in black idea which is basically that um men in black are like real people and like if you know too much um they'll find you and follow you and it's very freaky phenomenon a lot of people have actually seen them men in black have actually been caught on camera which is horrifying um if if you're interested in men in black or that phenomena last podcast on the left does a really good article like episode about it um so some people kind of Some of the lore behind shadow people does kind of fall into the men in black territory, like that alien type territory. So bear that in mind. So basically the scenario, like get in it with me. It's Halloween. Turn off your lights. They're off. Alex, you're here. You're ready. I'm with you. I can see. It's raining. It's great. The scenario is you're awoken from sleep and you see a dark shadowy figure either physically over you like over you or in the corner of your room the foot of your bed somewhere usually you can't move and there's almost never any sound associated with this phenomena and you get the sense that something is either evil predatory or observant i'm gonna take a hard pass on all of that Okay, None so like, of that that's the scenario. Fine. You're literally just lying in bed. Your sh- your eyes just awaken, and it's not like a oh. It's like your eyes shoot open, and you see this black shadowy figure in your room, either menacing, observant, or predatory. No, that's literally what my nightmares are made of. I mean, honestly, we'll get there. So this phenomenon was brought into pop culture by Art Bell and his program Coast to Coast. If you're familiar with it, 
Um, it's kind of like a spooky paranormal person's like, yeah, everyone knows about Art Bell. Um, if you're not, I would definitely look into it. He's very interesting. They did, they talk about a lot of paranormal phenomena on that show. Um, I think it was like a radio show called like AM Coast to Coast or something. Um, and basically during an episode in 2001, Art Bell interviews, um, a Native American elder named Thunderstrikes. And they described the phenomena of shadow people for the first, not for the first time, but like one of the first times. Um, Art Bell encouraged his listeners to send in their own experience. And to his surprise, he got a bunch of stories, like cause a lot of stories, way more stories than I think he expected. Too many stories. Um, since this episode. Oh my God. Well, it's like, it's like what's freaky is multiple people are seeing the, the same, same thing. thing. Right. That's horrifying. So that's what makes it not just like a one-off. It's like, and it was like, it wasn't talked about. Like nowadays it's talked about, but like before this episode, it wasn't like talked about often. There wasn't a, there wasn't Reddit. You know what I mean? To like oh, right, make right. Up stuff. Like this was just, your aunt saw this thing and like, oh, crazy Aunt Linda or, you know, or whatever, talking about stuff. Like it was like real. No. Okay. No to that. So, since that episode, there have been countless accounts of stories of shadow people. So, from the shadow people, like, lore, I guess, comes, like, a differentiating branch of it called the hat man. Or the <gasps> shadow man. I knew you were going to do this! The, like, mm-hmm. the man in the hat? Oh, my God. Kristen told me this the story at a work sleepover once, and I swear to God, I still think oh, about it before I go to bed. Oh my God. We're going to get there. <laughs> so, okay, so the the creep, the extra level of creep in all of this is that literally I have the most terrifying story of all time to do with this. If you don't know this podcast by now, I'm like super into paranormal stuff. I totally believe it all. I drink all the flavor aid and I totally believe in this stuff and it's happened to me throughout my life. So we'll get there. Okay. So the hat man is a special phenomenon that only a few people experience like from the shadow people group. Only a few people experience the hat man. So it's like a diff. it's like within this community, there's like a subset who only experience this special phenomena. Um, He's also seen many people that have not seen shadow people. So he can go both. Like, he's also just seen... Like, he's just the only person that um, they've ever seen. They've never seen shadow people before. Also, some people think that he might be connected to the Smiling Man, which, if you have not heard of that story, you need to look it up. It's terrifying. I actually can't talk about it because it, it really scares me. But wait, but, um, isn't that an- in Hill House? The girl is afraid of the smiling monster or the smiling ghost. Yeah, but that's not really the smiling ghost. Remember, that's the... yes, but still, no, that's not. I don't think that's that. It's there's okay. So there's like a there's a story that basically these two guys broke down on the highway, like in New Jersey, and it was like somewhere that like people shouldn't be, and they saw this. Um, the podcast, um, Amazing Legends, I, or what's it called? What did I just? I literally just referenced it. Um, astonishing legends um they tell the story about the smiling man um and he basically is this guy that was just on the side of a road um in new jersey and he just has this like big smile and he just follows you it's super creepy there's a short like short movie about it super creepy i honestly it freaks me out just thinking about it i can't talk about it but if you want to look more into it look into it 
So sometimes people think that the smiling man and the man, the uh, the hat man are the same person, but I don't think they are. But we'll get there. We're the same entity. Um, this is terrifying. The hat man is always seen wearing a wide brim hat or some sort of a hat um, and is often described as a solid black mass. Um, People usually cannot make out his features. He's often described as seeming to float and he almost always like rushes towards you. One woman described it as if he was on a um, like a roller coaster track. No. Like he just moved towards her. Um, he's also described, this is terrifying, he's also described as seeming to suck in the light. So it's like, he's, he is total black, like darkness, um, but he, you can see his, his figure, he's not just like a shadow, he is an, a humanoid object of his own, um, that sucks in the light. Um... And there isn't a whole lot of explanation as to why he's wearing a hat. Like, I don't know what the whole thing with a hat is. Um, On the podcast I listened to, they speculated that probably it has to do with, like, whenever entities try and, like, fit in, they're like, let's throw on a hat. You know, it's like, what do humans wear? They wear hats. You know, it's like they wear trench coats. It's it's like a out-of-place, out-of-time kind of way of an entity trying to look like a person kind of thing which is also terrifying that they have the like i want to look like a person you know right okay right so here's what's really scary i'm 90 percent sure my best friend chelsea saw him oh in my house oh my god so why is chelsea still friends with you after this so let me tell you this story so and I'll, Chelsea tells it way better than me. Maybe one day we can like get her to tell it for real. But basically, what happened was Chelsea and I both love scary movies. Like we're always we've always been into this stuff. Um, and so that being said, we could never like go to the bathroom. Like Chelsea has a thing where like she can't close the door. Mm-hmm. She's going to a bathroom. Like she gets freaked out. And in my house in Houston, my parents' house. The bathroom door, it's like the bathroom's in a weird part of the house where the air condition will blow one door open or like the other. Like you can't shut both bath. My bathroom has like a room within a room. Mm-hmm. So you can't shut both doors because it'll like it'll open it. The air suction will open it. Got it. Got it's it. Creepy as hell. Got it. So you have to basically leave the doors open when you pee. Okay. Oh. So one night, super late at night, Chelsea was sitting on the bathroom going pee and she distinctly remembers like looking up into like the game room area and she saw a man she said he was a tall man in a black coat and she I don't remember if she said he was wearing a hat or not but he was a tall man wearing a black coat he was dark 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 like shadow like she couldn't make out any features or anything and he looked at her she knew she looked at her and then he ran to my brother's room, like nope. sprinted to the, my brother's room. Nope. Chelsea was so freaked out. She woke me up. She like literally can tell you with vivid detail to this day about that story. Just nope. I'm pretty sure she saw, I think she saw the, t- the, the hat man. Like that's what it sounds like to me. I don't remember if he was wearing a hat though. Why would he go for Austin? Okay. So we have a theory, like Austin's room was where the attic was. Oh God. 
And so we have a theory that like maybe there was some, cause Austin, okay. When we first moved to that house, um, it probably was just like a freaky thing of like, you know, living in a new house, but mm-hmm. he did not like his room. Um, and so we have a theory, like maybe there was something like spooky in his room. I don't know. Austin listens to this podcast. He's going to make so much fun of me for telling you this story. Cause he thinks it's all nonsense, but I swear it was scary. His room kind of gave off a creepy vibe. Well, you have like a million scary stories from that house. So I have no doubt that that house was haunted. Thank you. I know. It, well, and we'll go like maybe next Halloween. I'll tell you all my ghost stories. There's a lot, but that was just the one specifically that brought into a shadow man. The shadow, the man in the hat. I don't like okay. it. So most people. So, okay. That's all the spooky, scary, paranormal aspect of shadow man. So most people attribute the phenomena of shadow people as a side effect of sleep paralysis. Um, most people, it's, it has to do with that most people see them. They're like awakened from sleep and see them. Um, or they were like, they're like dozing in like the in-between time and see them. Like it, there are people that see them um, in like when they're awake and just like see them. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, most of the time, it's like you were asleep, you woke up, and you feel it. So, sleep paralysis is basically your body is basically saying that your body is asleep or paralyzed, um, but your mind, your body is awake but paralyzed, and your mind is asleep but awake. It's very confusing. I suffer from it. It's actually the most terrifying thing of all time. Like, ghosts and whatever aside, there is nothing scarier um, than sleep paralysis. If you're interested, um, there are a few studies about it. Um, there's a great podcast that talks about it called uh, Stuff You Should Know. Um, and it's you should just, like, type in Stuff You Should Know Sleep Paralysis. It's a great podcast. It goes into de- depth about, like, the causes and what it is and blah, blah, blah. Um, there's also an amazing movie documentary on Netflix called The Nightmare about it. Oh yeah, Kristen's tried it. to get me to watch this like a million times. I can't I've seen do it. It's it. super creepy. Honestly, I'm interested in it because I it happens to me, so I, I like to know about it because I have it. Have you had so it since you moved back to Texas? No. Oh, Mm-mm. well, that's good. Not yet, but see, the thing is, we'll get there. But like, I'll probably have it tonight because I'm talking about it oh, and then, like no. I'm thinking about it. Um. So basically, um. Basically, during the whole... Okay, so I'm going to take a lot of scientific data and boil it down for what I think I can explain. During sleep, your mind shuts off your body so that you don't, like, act out your dreams and walk off of a bridge like in Anastasia or whatever. Right. Um, so, but if you wake up during REM, which is your rapid eye movement when you're, when you're vivid dreaming... Um, some people, sometimes your body doesn't wake up with you. So you're, so you're conscious, but you're in REM, so you're dreaming, but your body is still paralyzed, so you can't move. So your brain does not unfreeze the muscles, and you are actually legitimately um, paralyzed, but you still, like, experience and see stuff. Nope. Um, this, is hap- this phenomenon has happened to me several times, Um and it's interesting because there's two arguments, right? There is the stress-induced. Most people that have sleep paralysis dream about, like, an intruder or they dream about... You're just you're just having a dream 
you're experiencing it, but you can't move. A lot of people, it's probably scary, but it's not always like terrifying because it's not always related to like paranormal stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's that. There's just the straight up, you're living out a dream and you can't move. And then there's people that have seen like paranormal stuff. So I've actually had both types of sleep paralysis. Um, so I, I have had the one, and there, it's almost always caused by stress. So if I'm stressed out about something, if I'm worried about something, it'll usually manifest itself in my sleep paralysis. So for instance, one time in Chicago, we had a problem with our door to our balcony oh gosh. just kept blowing open. I like thought it, I lost Alex, my cat. Alex actually tried cat sat and she legitimately thought she had lost the cats because the door had blown open and she couldn't find them, but it was fine. They were there. But it just, we had this problem. Chicago is a windy city and we lived close to the lake and the, the, the wind blew a lot. And if it blew too hard, sometimes our door would just blow open. It's terrifying so, to walk into that because I literally thought you had gotten robbed. It was. Uh, it's terrifying oh. when you're asleep and yeah, you wake up to I can't that. I can imagine. No. Yeah. So. The first time that ever happened to me, DA was not home. It was me by myself. He was out of town. Nope. Needless to say, it was very scary. Um, everything was fine. Clearly, I'm here. It's fine. But the true murderino in me is very aware of what could happen if your door is just open. I mean, imagine just your door being open. That's enough. Essentially, what it is. So, um, I think subconsciously, I was stressing about it. I was worried about it. So what I would have was these stress sleep paralysis dreams of basically I would wake up and I would hear someone in my house, but I couldn't move, but I knew, I knew DA was next to me. I knew I was awake. My eyes were open. I could see, but I couldn't move. No. And I would usually see people come into the room and then I think that would scare me so much that I would wake up and I'd be fine. Still no. Now the scariest thing that ever happened to me that was not that was not sleep paralysis caused by stress. Um, well, it was caused by stress probably, but it wasn't like I wasn't um, I wasn't having sleep paral. I wasn't having a dream about what I was worrying about. I I probably had sleep paralysis brought on by stress, but it was different. Um, basically, the scariest sleep paralysis I ever had was in college. Um, and I woke up to the sound of my window opening and I couldn't move and I, I could breathe, but I was, I couldn't move any of my body and I'm just staring straight up. That's the other thing is my eyes are open, but I can't like move them. I can't, I can see, but I can't look around or anything. So my bed at college was pushed all the way up against the window. Mm-hmm. So I literally felt, I felt the bed dip. Like it I felt like, like as if someone put a knee down on the bed, I felt the bed dip and then they straddled me. So I felt it on both sides of my body. And then I look up and there's this black figure. I, I assumed it was like a demon or something. This like black figure just like sitting on top of me. No. And... Um, I just remember in my mind, I was screaming. I was screaming for my roommates. I was like, Mikey J. I mean, I was screaming for my roommates to come help me, but no sound was coming out. And I remember finally, I don't know what happened. 
I got, must have gotten so scared that I eventually like jolted out of it and my voice was sore. Like my throat was sore. Like I had been trying to scream and I couldn't. So I think that both of those sleep paralysis experiences were like one of them clearly I was worried about someone breaking into our house because our door was blowing open. And so that manifested in my dream. But the second one, you know what I mean? Like I, I was stressed out. It was college. I was worried, but I can't explain why that particular scenario happened. I think that one was more paranormal. That sounds Um, terrifying. It really is. And you know, what's scary is you can't, you can't move. You can't actually that what they say is if you experience sleep paralysis, cause sometimes I experience sleep paralysis where I'm just laying in my bed and I can't move. I don't always see, like, I don't always have these like horrible visions of people breaking it. You know, sometimes it's just, you're laying in your bed, you can't move. So what they say to do is they say the best thing to do is try and like wiggle your pinky finger or try and like move your head to the side a little bit like try and move at all and it like wakes you up or like breaks you out of it does he ever like realize that you're in this like can he ever he's see never, you like struggle so he's never done it but it's because um a lot of the times i think i've only had one episode where i was actually next to him in bed got it uh, usually it's like, actually it happens a lot when I nap. Like if I take like a nap oh, during no. the day, um, or, um, in college it happened. It happened to me three times in college. That's just like um, mean. That's like not even fair. It's actually really, really scary. I can't, if you, if you have sleep paralysis, please write in and tell us your stories because I, I feel comforted hearing them. Um, but it's also just like, there's no level, like, I can't explain to you. It's like a horror movie in real life. You know, like that feeling that you get while you're watching a horror movie. It's like that, but it's actually happening to you. No, that sounds absolutely terrible. Yeah. So the question is, are shadow people a figment of our imagination? Are they a something that our, our scared minds conjure up while we're waking asleep? Or... Are they interdimensional beings from another planet? Are they aliens? Or are they something even spookier? Dun, dun, dun. Dum, dum, dum. So that was mine about spooky, scary shadow people. Well, that's freaking terrifying. I know. I know. Have fun sleeping tonight, sucker. People, surprisingly, that have had, they have this issue when they're pregnant. Like, I know a lot of girls that have developed paralysis while they're pregnant. Oh yeah, so it's like bright. as if being pregnant isn't uncomfortable is enough. Let's add in sleep paralysis, right? <laughs> or like right after they've had their baby. I know that that's but yeah. um, the case for some of my girlfriends too, which is like it's just terrifying. That like see I I don't know just because I've just because I've had it happen to me, you know, it's just really. I know exactly what I would expect. You know what I mean? Right. Right, right, right. I just... I hope to never experience that. I'm sorry that you do. I can't even imagine. It's okay. I mean... It actually... It was the the first time it ever happened was the scariest. Well, yeah. And then after that, it was like... What the hell is going on? It is really scary. And then when I... When I first happened to me, I didn't even know sleep paralysis was like a thing. 
So I just assumed I was being possessed by a demon. And then when I found out that it was a thing, I was like, oh, okay, I feel better. Well, maybe you still are being possessed by a demon. It's entirely possible, man. You don't know. I really hope not. Me too. Well, that was great. Um, all right. So I'm a little all over the place this week. I, uh, I started out and actually this week was very informative for me. So I'm glad that I did this because all I've ever heard about the Joliet Correctional Center here in Joliet, Illinois, is that that's where Richard Speck was held. Oh, yeah. False. False. Where was he home? We'll get there. So anyway, so I was, I had this all planned out that I was going to tell you about the Joliet Correctional Center, and I still will, but it gets a little crazier than that. Not really. Okay. All right. I'm in. So the Joliet Correctional Center uh, was originally the Illinois State Penitentiary. That's what it was called. And it was a functioning prison in Joliet, Illinois from 1858 to 2002. So that's like a significant chunk of time. That's so long. Uh, It was built with convict labor. So it was right off the bat, just like really off to a great start, I would say. Um, And the first 33 inmates arrived from Alton, Illinois, which is kind of like more central Illinois, uh, Mm -hmm. to begin construction. That that was great. They kept bringing inmates over, though. That would help. And I, I just, there's just something about it that makes me feel like, that wasn't the best, best start. Um, yeah. So once it was finally completed and built, both criminals and prisoners of war from the Civil War were confined there. So I have to imagine that this place has some seriously haunted history, um, considering yeah. Civil War POWs were housed there. Um, by 1872, the population had reached 1,200 people inmates. Or 1,200 inmates, sorry. Um, Wait, by 1872? Sorry? By what year? In 1872, it had 1,200 inmates. That's, Ooh, that's, that's like how many people were in the United States then, right? right? I felt like that's that number lot. was like abnormally high for it being yeah. 1872. Yeah. Uh, that was a record for a single prison, and it definitely laid the groundwork for a bunch of haunted stuff to happen later. Um... It was designed to have a women's cell within the men's penitentiary. So it just really keeps getting better. I don't know why. I just feel like that's that's really not safe for anyone either. I mean, I yeah, don't... Not a great idea. I don't know anything about anything, but that just didn't sound great to me. <sighs> nope. Nope. That's fine. <laughs> so uh, they were housed in adjacent cells to the men's cells from 1859 to 1870. That didn't really work out, so they were moved in 1896 to uh, the Joliet Women's Prison, which was built across the street. And then they were moved again to the Oakdale Women's Reformatory in, in 1933, uh, and they put even more men into the women's old cells. So there were even more inmates there, which Good God. is just so many inmates in such a, yeah. such a small place. Um, no. It closed in 2002 because of budget cuts and uh, just the sheer state of the buildings. It doesn't seem like they were really well maintained or uh, anything like that because they they were uh, they were in disrepair. What is the word? 
Disrepair? Disrepair. Is that yeah. right? Disrepair. Yep, you had it. Disrepair. Uh, so the remaining staff and inmates were transferred. Uh, and they were transferred to the Stateville Correctional Center. Uh, yes. Fast facts about uh, the Joliet prison. Um, so it's not in use anymore. And it's actually pretty disheveled if you've seen pictures of it. Um, or parts of it are anyways. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that for a while now they've been trying to turn it into a haunted house. And they might have even had success with it this season. That seemed to be relatively unclear. It was something I was going to suggest for our best friend weekend, actually. Because um, I know for a while that they were trying to create tours there. And you could take a tour at night of the facility. Yeah. Uh, one of our friends... Uh, is a reporter here in Chicago and he spent the whole weekend out there or a couple days at least uh, kind of going through it at night which it has to just be absolutely terrifying I can't imagine for a lot of reasons mainly that some parts are very unstable but also um, it's got to be just like haunted AF I did would you would you stay in like a haunted hotel uh, like, would you stay in, like, would you, would you go into a haunted penitentiary at night? You know, I don't know. I, my family and I, uh, I think I've talked about this. We used to watch Ghost Adventures with mm-hmm. uh, Zach Bagans a lot. And just really mm-hmm. for the comedic value of it. But they were going to all these old state penitentiaries. And I don't know, like, part of me is like, yeah, I could totally do it. If they can do it, I can do it. And part of me right. is like, they're trash. no, I value my life. Like, I don't, I don't need yeah. to do this. I think a hotel would be different. I think I could be okay in a hotel. I would just never... Oh, you think? I'd never turn the lights off. There's something ever. about sleeping in a hotel room that's haunted that would freak me out. If I was, like, walking around in haunted penitentiary with, like, like cameras and people and lights, like, okay. But, like, something about, like, going to bed in a haunted hotel room. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think I would sleep. I think it'd be yeah, cool to, no. like, be in one and get a room in one, but not yeah, yeah, yeah. sleep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I don't know. I thought, I honestly thought there would be a lot more haunted stories about this. Um, it's nearly impossible to find any sort of ghost story about the old Joliet prison. Um, all I really found out there were that there are a lot of rumors from like old guards and staff members that kind of quit in 20 or were moved rather shifted in 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, there's reports of a singing ghost there. Um which Ooh. I feel like if I heard someone like humming or singing and I couldn't identify I where it was coming shit. from, I'd be like, you know what? I'm out. Yeah, out. No. Nope. Especially at night. Like if you're nope, like nope. closing up for the night and you hear that, like, no, nope. No, no. Nope. Uh, there was also a lot of reports of like cold rushes um, and then a feeling or sensation of being pushed. So a lot of people would feel like these cold wafts of air go by them and then uh, they would feel like someone or something was like pushing them out of the way, which uh, that doesn't sound fun. Not at all. I don't need any of that in my life. Loving you. Having said that, would I go to the old Joliet prison to walk around? Maybe. At night. Maybe. With me. Could be fun. And like a recorder. Uh, If we brought... Maybe if we brought Shadow. I'd feel okay, okay if we brought Shadow. Shadow wouldn't do shit. Shadow would just, like, stand there, like, what's going on? What's going on? No, I feel like Shadow actually is a really good radar of, like, uh, 
kind of like this like third dimension spooky things because i uh i definitely catch him sometimes just like i feel like a lot of pet owners feel like their animals are just kind of drifting off and like yeah Mm -hmm. sometimes shadow just spaces out but also sometimes he literally like all the hair on his back stands up as he's growling at something uh outside my doorway that i i can't sense or recognize it happened a couple of weeks ago actually i was here by myself in my condo and all of a sudden shadow like he perked up his little ears went crazy and uh he started growling at something out of nowhere and he like so much so like we were dead asleep and he got up and got out of bed to go see what was going on which like great thanks for being alert but also what was it what the yeah what was it oh my god that sounds so scary i still don't know um okay so some quick fast facts about the old Joliet prison or correctional center. Um, it actually has a really cool history in Chicago because it's famous for being uh, in the iconic movie, the blues brothers, oh. um, which is hilarious. It's the place that Jake blues, who is played by John Belushi um, is picked out from the beginning of the movie. He's being discharged from mm-hmm. the police station or the, the prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also the location for the first season of prison break. Oh, I know that. Who knew? Uh, in 2017, it was heavily damaged by fire, uh, which later they found out to be uh, caused by arson. So <gasps> that's kind of creepy in itself. Spooky. That someone was trying to light the prison on fire. They were trying yeah. to light it down. Um, also, the first corrections officer to be killed was Joseph Clark in 1865. And I'm I'm sure he's still there haunting it because I probably would be if I was him. I'd be pissed. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Also, the Joliet Area Historic Museum is seeking to establish uh, guided tours for Route 66 travelers um, because it's a long Route 66. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. That would be cool. So like I said, I thought I was doing Joliet um, to eventually be able to talk about Richard Speck. Uh, but actually, we have to go two miles north for that. Uh, he was housed oh, no. in the Stateville Correctional Center, which is approximately two miles from the old Joliet prison. Oh, my God. So close. Um, but Stateville is not messing around. So they are a maximum security prison in Crest Hill, Illinois. Uh, Stateville opened in 1925. And it was built to accommodate 1,500 inmates. So even more than Joliet. Awesome. Yeah. It's a lot of inmates in one place. It's a lot of people. Yeah. And again, I don't know much about jails or prisons. Maybe that's normal. Yeah. Is that not a lot? Um, Stateville uh, was one of three sites in Illinois where you could be executed by the electrician or electrocution. Electric chair? Wow. Electrocution. Why was that so hard for me to say? It's a hard word. So between 1928 and 1962, the electric chair was used more than 13 times. That to me in itself is terrifying because that's just like, I I don't even know. That just to me is like, so such like olden days, creepy. You literally are frying someone to death. Literally. And you know that like... Their spirit is just like soaking into those walls, yeah. like. Well, because they believe that a lot of spiritual energy is um, electric. So kinetic. yeah, let's just perpetuate that. Great. 
Let's just keep oh. these psychopaths flowing through the prison. Awesome. Terrifying. Uh, it actually made me think of old My Chemical Romance lyrics back from when I was like a real emo kid. Um, oh my god. Pretty sure they talk about that in one song because that was cool back in the day. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so it changed to lethal injection later. They stopped electrocuting people. Um, and How kind of them. This was the only place in Illinois that they would do it. Uh, it's the only place that they had death row in Illinois, and it's the only wow. place that you would get a lethal, a lethal injection if you were uh, punished, or if that was your punishment, I guess. Um, wow. That continued until 1998, and in 2011, Illinois stopped the death penalty altogether, which... Aww. Go, Illinois. Um the Stateville Correctional Center is still in use today, housing more than 3,500 inmates, an annual cost of over 32000 per prisoner per year, um, hmm. which I thought was really interesting. And then 1,300 employees um, are employed there, and that makes it a level one facility, which I learned, uh, which is the highest of eight security level designations. So they do not play around at Stateville is all I learned from that. Um, Good to know. Right. So I found, I actually found this article um, while I was researching this. It was a Chicago Tribune article and it was about this farmer in Crestown or Crest Hill. Jeez, Crestown is uh, up and vanished. Crest Hill, uh, Illinois. And he lived really, really close to the prison. He said as a boy, Mm -hmm. he was like, his family was like third generation farmer. So they had had like land around the area for a long time. He remembered as yeah. a kid, he would see um, security guards and like uh, correctional officers riding around on horseback ride. They would ride or horseback. God, I can't talk as always. Sorry, guys. It's Halloween. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> um, but they would ride the perimeter on horseback to make sure that no prisoners had escaped. And frankly, if that's a child on a farm and they're double checking to make sure no one has escaped. Like, I don't feel safe in that absolutely moment. Not. Like, no, absolutely I not. would never sleep because if they no. get out, they're coming right to your window. Yeah. And that's the maximum security set. Yeah. yeah, no. Like, no, thank you. I just, no, I think of Michael Myers. That's what I, that's oh, what I think of there. hundred percent. You can think of real scary people like Richard Speck. Right. So nice segue, Kristen. Thank you. Uh, so Richard Speck is probably one of the most notorious criminals that was housed in the Stateville Correction Center. Um, he was convicted April 15th of 1967. So Dickie Speck was an American mass murderer and basically pure evil personified. Um, yeah, he is the devil. He was... The actual devil. Yeah, he was pretty soulless, it sounds like. Um, he uh, he grew up in Kirkwood and Monmouth, Illinois. So that's like Western. That's more towards the Iowa side of the border. Um, oh, snap. I know where Monmouth is. Yeah. He was the uh, seventh youngest of eight kids. So Oof. a lot of siblings in that family. Lots going on there. Got a um, lot of wedgies. They do a whole um, episode on Richard Speck on My Favorite Murder, and it's Georgia that does it. So, no, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. It's Karen that does it. Karen. So I don't even want to, like, remotely try and 
If you want to Richard's hear the story, back. yeah, go to my favorite murder but I can, episode. I can give you the cliff notes. Um, so basically, um, his father passed away when he was six years old, and his mother later remarried a real delinquent of a man, it sounds like. Uh, real piece of work. He had a solid, solid list of... Um, uh, misdemeanors and things on his record and they relocated to Texas then when Richard was in third grade when they got married. Um, Richard basically hates him, causes a lot of resentment. Um, they moved t- 10 times in 12 years um, all in poor and low income housing apparently um, and his stepfather was very psychologically abusive uh, he constantly, like, insulted him and would berate him, and I think it said that he was a drunk, too, so it's really mm-hmm. not a good combination for, like, a child yeah, that's, not great. you know, in an unstable situation as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, he drops out of school at 16, and, oh, yeah, he had already been drinking heavily since the age of 12. Oh, good. So all of those are basically the making of a murderer. Because none of that is a good combination. Murderer soup. Right. He was, like, really um, kind of odd in school, it sounds like. Like, he wouldn't participate because he had a real fear of people staring at him. So, like, he wouldn't speak during class and different things. Like, I don't know. It just... A little odd, mm. and it doesn't really yeah, sound like anyone was paying attention to step in and try and correct any of this. Yeah, no one was looking for the signs, but it was like the, what the sixties, yeah, fifties, yeah. His first arrest was high on what heroin or no, not heroin yet, like cocaine. Wasn't that when they were like drinking cocaine still? Yeah, didn't they put or like they were giving people they... cocaine for like a antidepressant or something? Didn't they put cocaine in Coca Cola still back then? Yeah. Like, crazy. People weren't looking for some kid being cr- weird. Crazy times. Um, his first arrest came at the age of 13 for trespassing, and that was really oh. just the beginning of a long, long rap sheet. Um, in mm-hmm. 1966, he moves back to Illinois. Uh, he moves in with Thank his God. sister, Martha, and they live in Old Irving Park, uh, which is a neighborhood <gasps> of Chicago, which is uh, way Ooh. too close to a lot of people I know, to be totally honest. So yeah, the, for real. I love that. <laughs> it's on the northwest side of the city, and um, things don't end up going great for him there either. He, oh, they don't? Yeah, he's got a lot of problems holding down a job. He's got a lot of just problems in general. Um, on July 13th, it kind of all culminates and comes to a, a big crescendo. He, uh, or um, he's high and he's drunk and he breaks uh-huh. into the townhouse, uh, being used for dorms for nursing students. He's armed with a knife. Uh, he walks into the dormitory and one by one is, uh, torturing, raping, and murdering oh. eight nursing students, all women. Oh. On July 17th, a couple days later, he's identified uh, because of a tattoo. I think it says born to raise hell or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's a resident that sees it and immediately calls the police. He's taken in um, and eventually sentenced to life in prison at Stateville for eight consecutive sentences of 50 to 150 years each. Which ends up being somewhere near like... 400 to 1200 years in prison good he deserves every single solitary day he does you know partially because he ends up saying he doesn't really remember it 
like he kind of says he like blacks out during it and like loses feeling um, yeah but okay so i've blacked out drinking before but i would know if i murdered eight people Right, especially if and you're that took not him, that had have taken out. him a long that had taken him a long time. He didn't just do that in a fifteen minutes. Right, had taken a long. time. Oh, it took like, like I don't all feel night. Any sympathy for you, which is actually kind of like the most amazing part of it to me is like how did no one like hear it or stop by or everything was working against those poor women, those sweet baby angels, yeah. and so sad. God bless them. Um, he was given the nickname the Birdman because of the sparrows he kept that flew into his cell. So I, Ugh. I thought this was something that was made up for Mindhunter because that's where you see a lot of yeah. like the psyche be- behind Richard Speck. He was one of the first real like serial killers, um, that they mm-hmm. studied that the FBI's other than the unit one studies. in California, right? Uh, What's his name? Yeah, the big one. Uh, so the guy's name is actually Johnny Douglas. He's with the FBI's behavioral unit. Um, but yeah, and the show it's Holden or Holder, Holden. Yeah, no. But what was the the first one they started talking to was the one in California. Wasn't oh yeah, 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 the one that um kills his mom. The co-ed killer, isn't it? Uh, like the giant guy. Yeah. What's his name? He was the co-ed killer. Is it oh, Ed? Go to Ed Gein. Maybe. No, Ed Gein was the one in Wisconsin. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Go to, go to our episode Mindhunter Breakdown when we had clearly just watched this and we know what we're talking about. What? I can't think of his name to save my life right now. I can't he's either. Super but creepy. He, he was, like, huge. And they, um, oh, they call and him. And he was also uh, literally huge. He was a very tall man. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, he was, he was tall. Um, and they call him Bumblebutt, uh... What was his name? They did an episode on him um, on Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper. Okay. Ed Kemper. Got it. Either way. Last podcast on the left does a good episode about him too. Ed Kemper. Yes. He's the one that narrated all the the audiobooks, right? For the blind? Yeah. Oh, God. So <laughs> Flowers in the Addict, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Georgia says Addict. So terrible <laughs> on all levels. Um... But yeah, so they call him the Birdman. He keeps these sparrows that fly into his cell. And at one point, um, his guard says no pets allowed. And he he literally says, like, so I can't have him? And the guard says no. And he throws him into the fan. And this is, like, a very disturbing and really creepy scene in Mindhunter. And I thought that it was probably fictionalized for the show. It's not. There's a real account of it. And, uh... When asked why he did that, he said, um, it's Johnny Douglas that asks him, and he says, I thought you liked that bird. And uh, Richard responds, I did, but if I can't have him, no one can. And to me, that's that says it all right there. That's a pretty creepy. That's a piece of shit right there. Uh, He was also uh, known for keeping a stamp collection in prison at Stateville, and he was often caught with moonshine. I don't... Well, I mean, I if you've been drinking since 12... Yeah. You're probably not surviving you're probably an addict. in that moment. You're probably an addict. Um, he only gave one interview during his time at Stateville, um, hmm. and that was with the Chicago Tribune. Uh, he's quoted mm-hmm. as saying that he had no feelings the night of the murder, which we already talked about, 
Um, he does say that now thinking back, he's like, you know, there was so much blood and that's what they tell me. And he's like, I have no idea, but I'm so sorry for these girls. If I went back in time, it would probably just be like a normal home invasion robbery. And Uh, also though, like, what? what? Just what? Like, that's also not okay. Um, do, 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 do. So, okay, going back to the bird thing, I actually kind of wondered whether or not he did that for, like, shock value or whether that was actually, like, just him, like, Richard being Richard. Because um, a lot of it's what it seemed like was that he, like, kind of... Got off on Yeah. That. He's also quoted as saying something like, uh, tell America to keep their hatred up for me because I thrive on it. It's, he says something yeah, like, I, bet I keep them or it keeps them going and keeps their spirits up and I thrive on it. So part of me thinks he did it just for shock value and part of me is like, yeah. no, you're probably kind of also just like a psychopath. I mean, it might be a little bit of both. Probably is. Um, Richard Speck dies in prison on December 5th, 1991, which is the day before he turns 50. Um, And his family knew that his grave would be disturbed if they buried him somewhere. So they had him cremated and uh, disposed of his ashes in various places around Joliet. But those uh, locations are kept secret uh, and anonymous so that people don't mess with them. Yeah. uh, Well, I would imagine. Another, another famous inmate at Stateville. You ready? Yeah. John Wayne Gacy. No! John The killer clown himself? Uh, I'll end this by saying, uh, so that's Stateville, but I was at a meeting a couple weeks ago, and we were in displays where John John Wayne Gacy ran rampant, and uh, they stopped the meeting, or started the meeting, rather, to say, hey, um, do you guys see that building across the street? It's a dedicated watch spot now because that's uh, where John Wayne Gacy uh, grabbed his last, his last victim. So they turn it into kind of like a night watch neighborhood watch, like tribute area, which is awesome. But also I was like, tell me everything about John Wayne Gacy and his, you know, life here. Chicago's got some really good heavy hitters. It's got H.H. Holmes. It's got John Wayne Gacy. It's got um, The Mob. Yeah. It's got Richard Speck. I mean, there's some big ones in Chicago. Richard Speck scared a lot of girls because even though he was caught, I mean, people were still well, on edge. Because it was just it was one guy who killed eight women. Right. All together. Right. I mean, that's insane. You would think eight women would be able to overpower one guy, but at the same time, if you're thinking about it and you're like, oh, he just said he's going to rob us. He's taking me into... He's taking us into this room to separate right. us. He's just going to rob us. If we just play along, we'll be fine. You know what I mean? It's like you're not on... You're not assuming this guy's actually going to kill right. you. And if you take him one by one... You know, I think especially since he only had a knife with him, like not only had a knife, like if someone broke into my place and they had a knife, I would lose my mind. But I think they were like, how much damage can he do? And he but as we've seen, right, as we've seen with assault rifles, one guy with an AK-47 goes into, you know, one place and he can kill a bunch of people. A knife is a little harder. It's not like, you know, so I. 
that's why it would be so scary to me is, you know, it just, it was like, you're not even safe in numbers. Right. That kind of stuff. I think. Like, not only are you not in safe in your own home, you're not safe in numbers, which is what we're told all our lives as women, you know, bring a buddy. Like, people make fun of us all the time for going to the bathroom on our, like, in groups, which is kind of silly, but it is kind of drilled into us from a very young age. Like, don't go out at night alone. Like, bring a buddy. Where's your buddy? You know, you should always have a buddy. And if you're by yourself, then it's your fault. If something right. happens, then of course, then of course you're gonna get, of course you're gonna get kidnapped on your right. Run. It's your fault. Right. Right. Terrifying. Good job, Alex. Yours is scary in a very real world. I way. feel like I'm almost more afraid of real life psychopaths because they can strike at any time. Because they're real. Right. Shadow people aren't gonna hurt you. They're just gonna scare you. Real life people can murder right. you. Right. And I'd prefer not to be murdered in in cold blood. Or any kind of blood. I don't. Even I just don't want to be murdered blood. in general. I don't think it's too much to ask. Uh, so there's that. That's uh, Stateville. Stateville is still up and running, though. It's still like very much alive and well. I imagine that there's got to hmm. still be like ghost stories about that. But since it's still a uh, oh, functioning I, prison, they don't really like talk about that. Anyone. Yeah. Well, let's hope none of us ever end up in there. That's all I kept thinking was just like, God, I just never want to go to prison. Please. No, it sounds absolutely horrible. Right. Uh, so, yeah. What are you obsessed with this week? Okay. I'm going to be super lame and basic. I'm obsessed with lore. That's fair. The new season of lore. It's like my, I save it until like Halloween time to watch so I can get like super spooky. And I'm not going to lie, Hill House has kind of taken up my, my horror heart, but... I'm still loyal to lore. I love the podcast still. I'm so excited to watch the new episodes. I love, love, love it. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Love it. Lore. So good. So good. If you haven't watched it, watch season one and then watch season two because they cover my favorite who I will. I've thought about doing her before, but it's just so messed up. I'm not sure how it would go, but I maybe will do it one day. Um, they cover the Countess Elizabeth Bathory, who is so, such a, just a good story. It's such a good story. Um, and it's so scary. And I'm so excited. I love it. What are you obsessed with? Um, okay, so I'm actually obsessed with, uh, she's a makeup artist. Her channel is Glam and Gore. And uh, I, I love the stuff that she does. I think it's really fun. She does really pretty looks. Mm-hmm. And then she does a lot of really cool effects um, looks, mm-hmm. too. But she's doing a whole Halloween series this year where she does her makeup in haunted places. Um, like, she did one on the Queen Mary, and then... Oh, cool! Um, she did one at, I think it's Eastville Penitentiary in um, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, and all these various places. She was in Sleepy Hollow this past episode. It was just kind of fun, and awesome. I think it's a really cool idea for... What's her name again? Uh, she Her name is Mikey, and her whole thing is Glam and Gore. Glam and Gore. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to look at it. I her. think it's really fun. I uh, am definitely going to steal her witch look for work tomorrow, I think, in the office. Yes. I was given... I was sent out a specific email that we are not to wear costumes tomorrow. I'm not going to, like, dress up, like, dress up, but the fine. glam makeup she does is really pretty. I'm excited. Send us pictures. Post a picture of you. Post a picture tomorrow... Or today, Halloween, and tag us. Okay, deal. No, like other like listeners oh, they- too. Like post a picture. <laughs> no, like listeners. I mean you, obviously, but also like listeners, like post pictures of yourself in your Halloween costumes and tag us. We want to see them. Please. We we love Halloween. It's our thing. We love it. 
We really do. Shadow's going to be a so pumpkin terrible. again. Shadow. Oh. He's been wearing his costume all month long. He loves it. The cats are already demons, so I don't need to put them in a costume. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, love it. Send us your pets in costume. Yes. Guys, send us anything. Honestly, at this point, we'll take anything. At E for Effort Pod on Insta and Twitter and E for Effort Podcast on Facebook. Just and send us your e- lunch. What is it? Yes. Dude, send us anything. We tell you guys everything. Right. Interesting and less interesting, for sure. Death. We'll take anything. Most death. <laughs> awesome. Well, happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween. Have a safe Spooky. and spooky holiday and spooky halloween xoxo wait gossip girl wait alex are we trending yet definitely not <laughs> one day one day bye <laughs>